Washington Redskins are in the news again. Hey, who are the Redskins? Who the fuck are the Redskins? The Washington football team. Whatever oh, they, there we go. Whatever they fucking choose to call themselves, they're in the news again. They stay in the news, don't they? Well, yeah, I mean, kind of, for how terrible they are. In this I case, don't any publicities. Publicity? Certainly not good. <laughs> so, Darius Geis, big news of the week, I suppose you could say. Uh, apparently, was raping some people back in college, and LSU may have known about it. Allegedly. Allegedly. Alleg- allegedly. Allegedly. More allegedly. like Darius Yikes. No, that is <laughs> oh. fucking Oof. terrible. Oof. true. Fucking yes. So, Redskins... Their quarterback's back, though. Yeah, Alex Smith, he's, he's going to play. With one leg. The bionic man coming yes. back from the dismantled leg. Thing was almost amputated. I'll tell you, when I saw fucking pictures of that thing directly after surgery, I was like, there's no way this guy's playing again. Yeah, did you see the ESPN thing on him? That thing, like, they're, like, slapping parts of his thigh to one side and, like, parts of his calf to another side. <laughs> it's it's brutal, man. That I, I saw that thing. It was all bruised up, you know, right after surgery. How many surgeries did, they, did he end up having? I don't remember. 20-something plus, I think. Right. When Ridiculous. Alex Smith wins a Super Bowl with Cleveland, who's playing him in that movie? <laughs> who's the actor going to play Alex Smith when he goes to Cleveland and wins a fucking Super Bowl? That's a good question. I don't know. Um, Gary Oldman? No, uh, 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 four, four. <laughs> Chris Hemsworth. Oh, just no, no, no. Get, no, his brother, Liam oh, Hemsworth. Liam Hemsworth. Yeah, that uh, would fit. I, I think could, that would fit. I could see it. I could see it. But yeah. So Alex Smith, um, which fucking blew my mind uh, when I heard that he was cleared to play. I kind of had a similar reaction when Teddy Bridgewater was cleared to play, but with this, it seems a lot more uncertain. Alex Smith himself actually just said just yesterday that he is terrified of getting hit. How, how do you like to hear that out of your, what, you even call him a franchise quarterback anymore? <laughs> I mean, he's not. They drafted a quarterback in the first round with like an early pick, so. So you don't think he even has a chance to start? What? Why is he even coming back? I mean, Kurt will tell you this. Like, he, he, he had an interview where he said, you know, he really wants to prove, you know, that he can fight back from something like this for his kids. I think for the Redskins, it's great to have a guy like that in the room because he's going to be able to help bring – um, Haskins along, right? He can he can serve as a mentor, help him, show him how to watch film, show him how to you know do all the stuff that he needs to do to be a successful quarterback in the NFL. Is he actually going to play? Probably not. I think he's a pup list kind of guy, most likely. But not just publicity. I think he's coming in too on the quarterback room, like you mentioned. I mean, you got a young guy like Haskins, and then you have Alex Smith, who you know isn't competing with him. Really, he's there to help Haskins along. He can help him in the film room, but it's not the same thing like Ryan Fitzpatrick down in Miami with Tua, right, where Fitzpatrick's he's com- competing for the starting job. Tua's got to try to win that from him. Just same thing like with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan. Yeah, that's, well. a di- that's a different dynamic when there is no threat. I think we all agree Alex Smith probably isn't going to play football again, um, especially coming out and saying a comment like that. Drew, when I heard that comment, I thought of Ricky Bobby the first time he went to get back in a race car again. I would just <laughs> – yeah, was going 30, 35 miles oh, per hour on the track. Out of every guy on your team, you want to be timid. Quarterback is dead last. I mean, think about it. He's he's afraid of getting hit. Holy fuck! What is that going to do to your psyche? Quarterback's basically the only position in that that almost never hits anybody. Just takes hits. Like everyone else gets to hit somebody, that guy just gets to take hits. There's right. no real delivering many blows for that guy. True. Yeah. 
I think they've changed that a lot, too, in the league. I mean, think about the strike zone on quarterbacks as well that they've changed. So I do see where a lot of the times quarterbacks can come back, whether it's from big injury or whether it's age where you see him Brady, Breeze, uh, Peyton Manning winning a Super Bowl late in his career because the quarterbacks are protected. And if they're smart enough to get down after they don't see the wide receiver open their first, second read, and they just crumble down in the pocket and take the little two-hand touch sack, you never know what could happen. I mean, these guys can come in the game and make things happen. I think Brady could play without any legs. <laughs> like, just roll him around, like, just maybe, like, attach some wheels on the bottom of him. He's so smart about not getting hit. Like, there are some guys that I would trust uh, to not, you know, to be able to do this. But Alex Smith, he relies on his legs. Like, he's a running, he's a scrambling quarterback. He's been that way his entire career. Roll out, for sure. For, yeah. yeah. And he's been very effective at it, too. For sure. Yeah, he's... <clears throat> Uh, deceptively fast. Well, and he does kind of that uh, Russell Wilson thing where it's like, all right, cool, I'm going to take off here, and then I'm going to go out of bounds right before I get hit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't really take many hits when he's outside the pocket running around. Yeah, he ran a faster 40 time than Aaron Rodgers, who's also really fast. Um, and I think it was one of the many reasons why San Francisco ended up, you know, they, they, they ended up getting Oakland by him, where they were just so incensed by his uh, combine that, yeah, they, they went with him, and gosh... What a mistake that was. Do you think it had anything to do with Aaron Rodgers' smugness when he was at Cal, too, though? Yeah. I, I bet that had something to do in with it. In the soul patch. The, the funny thing about it is that their offensive coordinator at the time was McCarthy, and then he went and became the head coach in Green Bay, and apparently Aaron Rodgers used to give him shit about it. He's like, remember when you didn't pick me? <laughs> it was, Yeah, if you're a GM and you're, you're uh, arranging your draft board, how many spots does a soul patch drop a player down? I'd say like three at least, right? I never trust a man with a soul patch. Never. Ever. Never. Just, only, he got only Phil soul. Jackson. <laughs> yeah, only Phil yeah, Jackson. Phil, he did pull. He looked like Colonel Sanders. <laughs> he did. Well, Phil's the Zen God. He can get away with that. That's that's a whole other ball game. So, so let's touch on the, the guys thing. Though. Yeah. Um, the rumors of it happening at LSU and whether or not LSU known, obviously if they knew, that's really that looks really, really bad. If LSU knew... These NFL teams do a ton of work, right? Like evaluating these players, get finding out their background, checking in on them. How does something like that not come up before they draft him? I think it did for a lot of other teams because he was clearly a first-round talent. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he, he's the fifth overall rusher in LSU history. He also has a single-game rushing record for LSU. He was ridiculously dynamic as a back at, in college. And I think that a lot of teams knew something that the Redskins were too dumb to sniff out. They didn't do their homework. I mean, he dropped way further than anybody ever expected. Now, he had so many maturity issues. He failed pretty much every fucking interview he went in. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that a lot of teams did know. Or, or at least, you know, because a lot of these teams, they hire private investigators. They do their homework. The Redskins, I think, were just dumb enough not to do that. Yeah, so We're too dumb to care. I mean, either one would make sense for me with that that leadership they got there. Well, because it was so. Jay Gruden at the time, right? And all sorts of yeah. shit is still coming out about Jay Gruden. Well, and that whole entire front office, they didn't they clear out? Those yeah, guys. yeah, was yeah. It was um, it was Bruce Allen out. was the was the uh, GM president. We Bucks fans will remember Bruce Allen. Woof. <laughs> yeah. Poof. But yeah, so did, does Geis ever play again? No, no. I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. Why? Well, He's well, already given and give him more chances than he deserves. And, and what position does he play? Running back. Replaceable, right? right? Yep. Completely replaceable. That, that That's one of the most replaceable positions. There's going to be 10 guys that are, that are as talented as Darius Geist that come in the league in the next two years. You don't need him. 
It would, it would be a good time to get COVID and disappear, you know? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Well, and you know, quarantine. <laughs> yeah, you know who likes this? Adrian fucking Peterson, who was really productive last year, if you look at it. Ageless. Serviceable, for sure. In a terrible offense. I mean, he was really good. Yeah, and no Chris Thompson there this year either. So that, that opens up a lot of touches potentially for Adrian Peterson. And they also Who else is in that backfield? So, so they did draft they did draft my boy Antonio Gibson, who I've been talking about for a while now, out of Memphis, who's like but he's more of a wide receiver slash running back. He's gonna fill more of that Chris Thompson role. I don't know how many true third down or red zone touches he's gonna get out of them. Um, or I mean like goal to go situations. So looking for Adrian Peterson to score some touchdowns, man. Yeah. Well, imagine him if he had Trent Williams on the line too, actually playing. I mean, the, one of the best tackles, if not, he was the best tackle in the league, arguably. And, and AP was still putting out that. And they just, they took Thomas Davis too from Carolina. And that's another guy who's like an ageless wonder, man. Somebody who came back from two blown out knees playing linebacker for them. I mean, him and AP remind me of each other just as far as pedigree, longevity in the NFL and productivity on top of it. It's, it's something else what Ron Rivera is building over there. And I think the Redskins with all the trouble that they're going through right now, all these things, Ron Rivera is the kind of guy I think that can take that on, especially what he went through with Carolina being a winning coach, taking them to the Super Bowl, and then getting kicked out of town. I mean, it's crazy to me. Yeah, I definitely think he's a good coach. I, th- I think that he's he's the right guy. If you're, if you're Dan Snyder and you're trying to change the face of your organization, he's a good guy to put as that face of the organization because of his background and what he's going to lead you to. They have a culture crisis, and you know us Bucks fans know what that was like under Dirk Cutter, and, and I think Ron Rivera will change that program whenever they decide what that program is going to be over there. Right. Yeah, but just speaking like, of the the Bucks, Peyton Barber went there. I'm looking at their lineup now. Yeah, yes, that is true. Peyton Barber, um, but I, I still think Adrian Peterson probably touches the ball a lot more than him. Yeah, <laughs> but just just so like too. the Bucks, I refuse to believe in them, uh, and I'm speaking about the Redskins until their owner is gone. Yeah, <laughs> until their owner is completely gone, I I simply can't believe in the Redskins or the Bucks. But I, you I, say I the same thing about the Cowboys. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I've thought that for years. I mean, that's proven to be true for over 20 years. I actually think his son's doing a pretty good job of drafting if we look at the Cowboys draft the last year. So they might be making some of the right moves. We'll see how that plays out. Well, the Cowboys just need someone to cook the meal, right? I mean, they've got all the groceries to have for a long time. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've been pretty competitive and talented for 15 years. They just can't put it together. Yeah, Yeah, well, now that they don't have the clapper anymore, we'll see see if their offense can take some steps forward and maybe that they can win some games instead of just, you know, playing to tie or whatever. Well, well, fortunately for them, they get to play the Washington football team twice a year. Hell yeah. Yeah. Gosh, what does this do to their fan base? Like, this is, I mean, this is one of the most successful organizations in the NFL. Um, You're talking about Washington. I'm talking about Washington. Story franchise. And I go to D.C. all the time, man. These fans are serious. There are Redskins bars on every corner in D.C. Like, it's a fucking serious fan base. I really wonder all this shit. Like, at what point, you know, consider yourself as a fan. How much shit would you take before you're just like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm, uh, I'm an Eagles fan. And you want to talk about the storied history of them. You got the three Super Bowl victories. You got uh, Hail to the Redskins, the, the chant, the band that they have. They actually have a band that plays game- at their games. They have, you know, the, the Mollies, the history of that, John Riggins and all that kind of stuff. Like, Slinging Sammy Ball. Yeah. Uh, and then, I mean, Doug Williams, the first African-American quarterback to win a Super Bowl, who was a former Buck, by the way. Uh, you know, I mean, like this is they had three different quarterbacks. They won three Super Bowls. That does, in like a short period of time, that doesn't really happen. That because that's because the system was so good around them, right? 
True. Yeah, my, my closest friend in Indy, uh, Drew's former roommate, is a diehard Redskins fan. And his whole reaction to this is it's embarrassing. It sucks. But every team's go through down, like downturns. Like he isn't turning his back on, on, his, on his football team at all. He has a Redskins so, tattoo, doesn't he? He does have a Redskins <laughs> tattoo. I don't. See, you know what? I, I, I've always said, I, I've always wanted to get a Vikings tattoo, but I, that's a plane I don't think I can cross. And if I do, I'm certainly not going to get the logo. You know what I'm saying? If you get it, Drew, you have to put it on your calf. (laughs) (laughs) Just just do skull, right? Right. Skull. Yeah. That's what I would do. Or like just a picture of a Viking. Never get the logo because they're going to change it eventually. It's going to fucking change. Every franchise is yeah, eventually going to change. Just get like a cool like scrambling Franny Tarkenden or something like Dude, that. That would be great. Honestly, I've, I've thought about it many times, but then I'm always like, ah. Maybe not. Seems like something that's not going to age too well. Seems like you'd be rolling right into Florida Man with this tattoo. <laughs> I'm already full-blown Florida Man. You see what I'm wearing right now? <laughs> purple, wearing... purple tattoo sounds rough, too. Yeah, it does. It <laughs> does not seem like it would stand the test of time. So, so speaking of trying to change the organization, the Redskins also made news this week with uh, hiring Jason Wright, the first African-American team president in the NFL's history. <clears throat> He's a former player. And then a few weeks ago, they hired Julie Donaldson to be the senior v- VP of media relations for them. So, like, they're making an effort to go away from, hey, we're the Redskins and we don't care about your, you know, race and what potentially that could do for it, to now we're going to be, like, we have a uh, minority head coach. We have a minority running the team. We have a minority in the media relations department running that. So, like, well, you that, know, they're, they're making an effort, I guess. I can't wait till Jason Whitlock writes a column to tear them apart about all that. So <laughs> it's it's going to be good. Well, it comes to Dan Snyder. We're talking about, oh, in, unless the owner gets out of there. Dan Snyder is not going anywhere. No. I hate to tell you. One <laughs> like of the most viable franchises in all sports. In all of sports. And if he hasn't been ran out of town by the league or the other owners by now, and then he makes these moves, it's never happening. <laughs> Get used to it. The guy is realizing what's going on here. He got backed into a corner, and now he is making all the right moves to win the public's court of opinion and, and the media, media's opinion as well. It's, it's definitely not a Donald Sterling situation yet. <laughs> no. Right. No. It's it, not, we're not there yet. We have, I don't think we've heard the full story behind all these sexual assault allegations, so that that's all pending. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is clearly overcompensation. Sexually on every... deviant, powerful men in Washington D.C. <laughs> no <laughs> way. No, not at all. Uh, I hit up a lot of cigar bars in D.C. Whew. Every guy I see there, I'm just like, man, I wonder how much this guy pays in alimony. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> like every guy in there, and uh, and hey, what's the advantage of uh, of Indiana? All these guys need to move to Indiana. If you're getting married and you're going to be a scumbag, the place to live is Indiana. There's no <laughs> temptation there. No, there's, there's no alimony uh, there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's it's illegal. Yes. Interesting. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's oh, wild. So all divorce wars, like, like uh, white. Is that an Amish thing? I, dude, I don't know. It's <laughs> it's pretty crazy. But yeah, I mean, it's, let's, let's well, hear from our Indiana man. Is that a man? Is that an Irish? Is that an Amish thing up there? It, it is not an Amish thing. It's just a backwards, very misogynistic yeah. uh, culture thing is is what it is, honestly. So I, I spent um, some time in Indianapolis. I mean. You would think a college town like that would have pretty girls everywhere. Like we had like one cute bartender in like the whole town. It was great. I think what, they, I think they all escaped to Chicago. Though? Oh, we went. We were down the whole. What's the what's Broad the Ripple? Yeah, yeah, Broad. Yeah. We were down Broad Ripple. It, it was fun, but it was like, man, we were the only ones well, brought the pretty girls. You know why, Florida. right? Well, they but, all go to Chicago. Is my theory. Well, Butler. Yeah, yeah. Not not hey. not the prettiest college. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's an educational yeah. college. That, that, you go down to Bloomington, where I'm repping right now, oh, the Bloomington is just littered are with saying girls aren't smart and can be good looking. <laughs> well, who do you think has who do you think has prettier girls, UNC or Duke? I, I'm, I'm going. I'm going with the Tar Heels. Yeah, yes, North sir. Carolina. Yeah. Yes, sir. Can confirm. Um, but yeah. So, uh, speaking of college football, the Big Ten had some stories that may or may not have been squashed already. But with all these conferences uh, yielding, and the Big Ten being one of them, uh, there's been some players that have been extremely outspoken. Some teams that have been extremely outspoken uh, that want to play. Uh, two teams in particular that didn't vote for them to opt out, Iowa and Nebraska. I mean, that's got to be a tough spot for you. You want to play and you can't because your conference will. Uh, Brandon, you want to give the update that, that we heard right before the cast? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So pretty much they said um, because of the uncertainty of the virus, the knowledge of transmission and the status of um, amateurism they will not uh, change their stance on uh, the postponement of football till January or December 31st, 2020. Um, and the update since that, since uh, the commissioner, Kevin Warren, um, there, there will now be a protest on Friday in downtown Indianapolis um, uh, at the NCAA uh, asking for them to overrule this. Yeah, yeah. the so. parents of the players are, are the ones that, w- that are going to be doing the protesting from what I understand, right? Yes, that is correct. Yep. Well, I, yeah. that's when, when Trevor Lawrence came out and talked about, you know, the college and the football team and the medical staff there and all that being a safe haven, haven for a lot of guys, man. That hit home with me. I'm, they, we always make fun of Trevor Lawrence, and we've got all the memes and everything, but that was one of the most intelligent things I've ever heard him say, and, and it makes sense to me, man. Whether it's playing or some, somehow keeping the activities alive where these kids can stay up there while they're doing their scholarship, continuing to earn their education, and not missing a beat, too, on what could possibly be an NFL football career, yeah. you know, and missing out on that. Yeah, we I, I praised Trevor Lawrence quite a bit last week. Um, I love what he said, and uh, I think this is as good a time as any. I don't want to move on from this topic, but I do want to introduce our guest, uh, who is also in the midst of a very similar situation uh, for his own personal, uh, you know, career, uh, which is Pete Bolin, who's the owner of the Galley in downtown St. Pete. And then uh, w- what's the other bar you were saying? Uh, Mary Margaret's Old Irish Tavern. We're like, as the Galley is like true to being from Tampa Bay and being all about Tampa Bay sports, uh, Mary Margaret's is all about being from Ireland and just a true Dublin Irish pub. It's, it's really great. Yep. So I think it's apropos, you know, that both these situations, because really it comes down to choice. Um, and a lot of these choices are kind of being taken away uh, from individuals and from businesses. So in your case, you know, you own two bars uh, and are both of them open right now? Cause you're serving yeah, food. Yeah, we're, we're open. We've always had a good food program at both places and uh, we've been trying to give people something to smile about. So we've been keeping with uh, a lot of our specials going and doing live music all the time. And we just had another uh, victorious lightning watch party here today. So that was really great. A huge yeah. overtime come from behind win for the bolts. So we're really excited about our next opponent there, but uh yeah, I think uh, it's a really tough situation for these college programs. And I think the biggest thing is the amateurism of it, that you're asking people, especially, you know, a very small percentage of those guys are NFL prospects. So what are they really playing for? It's a very difficult thing. But I also could not agree more with Kurt here. Uh, the, the 
safest place for these guys is going to be in this structure and in the program and moving along. I mean, we've all been to college campuses before. Uh, who, who do you feel more comfortable about, uh, the, the, the guys on the football team or the others that are just roaming the hall and, uh, and going to the keggers and everything else? I, I think uh, it's, it's a tough situation, and unfortunately I think politics is a, to play with it. And uh, it's, uh, what, what a mess this whole thing is, no doubt. Well, how, how about this scenario, right? Let's say you're one of these players and you're back home and you contract COVID. Then what happens to you? You know, your parents probably don't have great medical insurance for you and all this kind of stuff. The way you get treated and how you treat that COVID is going to be a way different situation than if you're playing a game at the university and you contract COVID or whatever that week. You're, all the testing that you have, all the medical facilities that they have, all the treatment options that you have. Absolutely. It's way better for you, right? And then, then you look at, you know, economically, these small towns, you know, Nebraska doesn't have an outbreak, right? Uh, I mean, things seem to be well under control up there in Indiana. You know, uh, a lot of these small town schools like Lincoln, Nebraska, without Cornhusker football is going to suffer some pain. Uh, you know, a oh, lot of these oh, places. Like, yeah, and, and, you know, like think of uh, think of these SEC towns. You know, what's Tuscaloosa, Alabama without Alabama football? So, I mean, there's there's a lot of tough choices, but this kind of dovetails into the other major problems of college football, not having a real central leadership to make these difficult decisions and the, and the kind of the pseudo bullshit amateurism of it all. I mean, these guys are treated like professionals in every way except for the money part. Yeah. And, and that, so, and so re- real quick here, Newman, athletes. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, say things are way better at the school. Um, South Bend, which is where the university of Notre Dame is at that the town of South Bend saw an 89% increase when students came back two weeks ago and Notre Dame has already done a two week go from home. You go a little farther north in Michigan, Michigan State had a massive increase as well. And now um, all students are now virtual for the whole semester. I'm talking about the player's ability to get treatment at their university compared to if they have to go home to their hometown. If if they contracted it. If they're back in their hometown, we all know what's going on there. Anybody who went out of town for school and then came back. There has to be some concern, too, when you talk about – you know, the dangers of COVID, we're talking about comorbidities, right? You know, we think of a young college athlete, for the most part, is going to be very safe and be very, you know, very well equipped to handle uh, the, the onslaught of the virus, but not if you're a 350-pound lineman, right? So there's something to be considered there with, with football sure. as well. I do not envy the, the position of being, you know, I don't envy the position of being a mayor or a governor right now, uh, and certainly not being a head of one of these uh, these big conferences right now. There's a lot of money on the line in the NFL. They have the money to spend. Uh, NBA, look what they've done with the bubble. Like they have the money to spend and make these uh, take these calculated risks that the union and the leagues ha- have agreed on. Right. There, and those are professional. And they're, and they're professional. And there's compensation online. And guys have been able to opt out. And guess what? That's that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's getting a lot more difficult. And maybe the top college players don't play when they come back in spring. It's still going to be good football. It's still going to be what what we cherish and love. Uh, even if they're playing in snow in February. You know? Yeah. So, I so one more thing to add on there, because I think you guys might be putting a little too much thought in the athletes have to go home. Um, they are still students. So the, the IU football players, I can't, I don't know for the rest of the big 10, but IU football players are still able to practice without coaches and work out with coaches 20 hours a week. So they're still in the facilities, getting tutors. They're still on campus just because they're not playing football doesn't necessarily mean they're leaving campus. So I want to make sure a lot of you guys are really hitting home that, you know, they're, they're going to have issues going home. 
football players aren't going home. Well, are they canceling just football? I mean, are they canceling all all collegiate sports? I would, I would imagine. So I mean, the, uh, the Pac-12 is not going to have any athletic event before January of next year. Same with the Big Ten. It seems like they followed the as soon as the Ivy League said, you know, the Pac-12 was like, oh, we have to. Well, do so the Pac-12 well. is dealing with a lot more because they're on the West Coast with California. Sure, and they're shut down a lot more. The majority of their schools in California, et cetera. So yeah, that uh, makes more sense the for them. Prospect they of playing. wouldn't be really able to play anything interconference in their conference yeah. anyway because California shut down. So I, I, st- I still think there's a small chance the SEC plays football. I just think there's there's a. a and I there's a, there's an ideology and kind of a, a different kind of level of passion. And I think the SEC I, tries I feel like to find SEC, a way. The SEC, the Big Twelve, and the ACC are all really kind of like, hey, we're in it. Like until we, they're going to make the best effort they can to play. Speaking of making the best effort he can to play, Justin Fields. How about the leadership that he's showing? Right, like people want to knock this guy for intangibles and all this other stuff. And and you said uh, same thing about Trevor Lawrence. Like something that NFL teams always want to look for is leadership. Right, the two of these guys coming out and being the face of these movements. We want to play. These are what we want. That shows real leadership, right? So that's got to go for a notch in their favor when they're being evaluated for the draft. For sure. But I think at the end of the day, all these presidents and all these guys are talking to lawyers. And that's who's telling everybody, sure. What's the what yep, constitutes sure. a lawsuit it here? And that's really the biggest thing. It's all liability, especially when it's student athletes compared to and, professional and athletes, and what's going on exactly. And that that's where I don't envy these positions at all. But if you do have people coming out, whether it's a consent form, waiver, whatever the case may be, I mean, find a way to cross the T's and dot the I's because I think it will be detrimental not only to college. Uh, the big schools, but the small schools that drive some revenue too. some of the top tier schools, whether it's at the tail end of D one or one double a teams that get to play these D one schools. And that's their bank for the year. You know, those teams that play FSU and, and, and Florida or anybody else are getting paid massive amounts of money to do those games. And that revenue is gone from those schools. How does that impact them at the end of the day? Basically, it eliminates their athletic departments for a lot of them, in all honesty. And, and I think there could be some silver lining to all this pain. You know, I think that's going to be the case with, the, with a lot of uh, American culture, especially when we're dealing with sports. College football needs a little bit of a reset anyway on how they're organized and how, how they've been operating. And this kind of uh, – it's, it's, it's really – you know, we could get in the weeds about uh, compensating players, but – you know, uh, I think there's time for a little bit of a reset for these guys, for sure. What about just the NCAA? The NCAA needs a reset, not yeah, even just yeah, college football. Sure, the sure. whole NCAA could be reset. Yeah, um, you know, the whole thing about Brandon, what Brandon was saying about all these players are going to stay on campus. What do you think the majority of these players are there for? To go to college or to play football? Oh, they're there to play football. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, you're, you're going to get some of these walk-ons, some people that are on the team that are, in fact, going to go home because of this. So it's not like everyone's just going to stay and complete their degrees. Half these guys aren't even thinking about their degrees. Yeah. No, big, I mean facts for sure. I mean, it's well, if they're playing Indiana football, they're thinking they got to they got to get a degree. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Ohio, Ohio State, you know, and, and you know Justin Fields has a lot to lose by not playing this year. You know, uh, tons. Uh, I mean, he he can he can really earn a, a, a top five draft pick if he's not already and and. He could go number one. Yeah, if he, absolutely. If he, if he, if he, which is the higher bonus, right? Sure. Like, and and just just talking from a millions of dollars perspective, what the number one pick gets paid compared to what the number two pick gets paid, just in terms of bonus money, is a couple million dollars. So it's not an insignificant difference we for to, a player trying to make that jump. Right? We have to look at the perspective of you know if. These seventy-five-year-old conference commissioners were twenty-one years old. They would want to play, 
right? Uh, you know, it's easy it's easy to say what you should and shouldn't do. You know, they've got one chance to play college football. Yeah. You know, uh, it's I don't envy any, anybody's situation here, but uh, if it was up to me, I'd have them play. I don't envy the decision makers because there's no right answer to any of this. That's sure. the shitty thing is, okay, have you guys seen the first episode of Hard Knocks? Yeah. So the NFL is going about this thing religiously. They're, they're redoing their locker rooms. Locker, lockers are all space apart, six apart. You, you should see the facilities that both these LA teams have. They're incredible. But this is a brand new stadium in Los Angeles with players that are getting paid a million, organizations that are making billions. Colleges don't have these facilities. So what the NFL is going to be able to do and what other pro sports are going to be able to do, the NBA, the NBA is handling it like a champ. They haven't had a single positive test. I mean, and that's because of their resources. These guys, you know, at the end of the day, they're still going back to dorms. You know, they're not going back to these mansions and 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 into these really, really controlled environments because they're not getting paid millions of dollars off the field. So what, what the pros can do and what college can do, very different things. And then we see too, like, you know, the college age MLB players are the ones that were causing the outbreak because they're going out and having fun. Yeah. You know, that's what 21 year olds do. Yeah. Right. Uh, I don't, it, it's, it's a tricky situation, but I, so, I, yeah. I, I, I said they go had, for it. Pete, you, you hit the nail on the head there. Um, the, just like Roger Goodell is a puppet for the NFL owners, these commissioners are puppets for the un, university presidents. The commissioners aren't making these decisions. They're just the, per, the per, people relaying the message. This all comes down to university presidents and uh, the, the risk associated. Sure. AJ Hawk said that the other day, um, was talking about that with Ohio State. They said before the Big Ten even met that they already had their decision made. It was just basically PR to say, hey, we're having a meeting and a decision about this. But they said the decision was already made from up top, that there wasn't yep. anybody to be able to give input at all. <laughs> what do you think every time you hear AJ Hawk's name? You think I, of that main, right? No, I, I think of the, um, the uh, what's his name? Pat McAfee. Yeah, the Pat McAfee. <laughs> I just love that question. Hey, uh, AJ, did you ever do the kick putt, the punk? Passing kick. Punt passing kick. Yeah. Would, would you place? Fifth? I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> Best line ever. Oh, really? Anyways. Should, should I tell a rumor that might get us sued? <laughs> oh, probably not. No? <laughs> no, it's, we're the sports memory. I'm definitely telling it. Just uh, there, there's a, there, there was a rumor that Michelle Beadle tried to hook up with uh, Aaron Rodgers at a, like a Packers party and got rejected by Aaron Rodgers, so she slept with A.J. Huck. Oh. Uh, yeah. I think this was probably like Allegedly. 10 years ago when Michelle Beadle was still relevant, but yeah. uh, one of my favorite stories. She's got, a, she's got a notable track record for that one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and Aaron Rodgers is gay. Um, <laughs> Allegedly. Uh, rumors definitely are starting to heat up on that. Yeah, th- those have been around for a while. Yeah, but the, yeah. Well, he's 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 no man like Brett Favre. I mean, we all know. Yeah, <laughs> Brett Favre <laughs> yeah. is as straight as they come. Oh man, <laughs> I refuse to hear any gay rumors about Brett Favre. Hey, we all saw the dick pic. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't. Did you? No, no, I, no, I don't no, think it's no, out no, there. No, no, no. I'm just playing. I don't think that, cell phones were that far along then. Well, yeah, that, that that wouldn't be something that they would release for public consumption at that point in time. Yeah. Nowadays, a girl got a pic like that, it would be oh, yeah. blasted oh, all over, over Twitter, Facebook. Oh, I love the wording public consumption yeah <laughs> we need to get this dick pic out the public needs to consume this that sounds like that sounds like only something garoppolo would do now you know <laughs> dude oh you know garoppolo's got a beautiful dick um <laughs> he's got quarterback face right yeah his dick looks exactly like his face just clean yeah. and tan i've doubled yeah he's got the nice 
trouble. <laughs> I've never seen a guy walk around all American quarterback like that and then just openly say, yeah, and I sleep with porn stars. Yeah. Uh, oh, dude, I, wa- I love Garoppolo. Everybody uh, ate it up. It's he no he problem. makes a beautiful woman, too. I, yeah, he yeah. does. Yeah. Most beautiful. We, we all agreed. All right. We all agreed. Well, this is taking a turn. <laughs> yeah. Can we... Uh, can we get a... It's the Newman Segway. Segway. Sure. So one of the conferences that is saying that they're going to play football is the Big 12. And uh, the premier school in the Big 12, in terms of football at least, is Oklahoma. One of their alumnus, Gerald McCoy, was recently released after suffering a season-ending knee injury and requiring surgery by the Dallas Cowboys. Another yeah. terrible signing. It's brutal. Yeah. It, that's rough. I mean... I don't know if it was a terrible signing, but definitely terrible just terrible in the track record of the cowboys and yep. their signings and they they needed they needed injury. the help though yeah, yeah um, they needed oh, him inside i so. liked his presence there i mean i, I love that defense with him there I, I i love the cowboys still but man that that's a big blow it's a huge that, blow. that's that's a better that's it's good for dak prescott's fantasy value that's what it's good for because that means more hucking it more more chucking more, hucking. more chucking yep, the football yeah hucking i was called uh gerald the red dot because he was a red dot that marred the sweater that was the Buccaneers prospect. <laughs> if you're a Seinfeld fan, I'm just not a fan of Gerald, Geraldine. McCoy, McCoy was supposed to help out Jalen Smith, though, who's an absolute freaking beast for the Cowboys. Jaylen, yeah. He's an absurd linebacker. Nothing helps out a middle linebacker better than interior tackles. Yeah. Taking on and being able to chip a guard before he can get back to you right there. Gerald McCoy would have done a good job for Jalen Smith. Why don't you like Gerald really, McCoy? As just, as just a real Bucks fan, he's kind of the – the face of the ineptitude of the Bucks the last 10 years. I mean, Fair for, enough. for being a star defensive player, he has been the star defensive player for the worst defenses in franchise history. I just don't think he's the leadership guy. I think he plays for the money, not for the love of the game. And you want, you want uh, for a Viking fan, you want a John yeah. Randall. You want an animal that's out there. You don't want a Kirk Cousins? No, no. <laughs> for Bucks fans, we want a Warren Sapp. Yeah, we, 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 yeah we, we, we want that. We want that. We want the Jason Pierre-Paul, the guy that blows his hand off and still clawing <laughs> yeah. to come out there Jesus. and play again, you know. Um, but all that being said, I mean, I still think the Cowboys have a real shot at the division. I mean, we just talked Absolutely. about the dumpster fire that is the Washington yeah, almost, football almost team. All of us picked the Cowboys. I don't, actually, I think all of us did. I don't think anyone picked the Eagles. I don't trust. I don't trust the Eagles. Uh, I'm with you guys there. Yeah, I think they'll be better than last year, but yeah, I, I still like the Cowboys more than them, for sure. For sure. Um, so moving on from Joe McCoy, another article of news from the NFL: Yannick Ngakwe. There's rumors of his trade happening. I've seen a bunch of fake iterations of trades that people think are going to happen. Some teams Newman like, got duped. I, Newman wrong. got duped by a fake Schefter. I, I saw wrong. a fake Schefter account report that he was uh, he was going to the Ravens for what seemed like an insanely low price, but obviously that was fake. Um, the Jets, Dolphins, and Raiders are all teams rumored into it. Where would you want? Like, where do you think that he could make the biggest impact if, if Yannick Ngakwe was to be traded? And what is a fair value trade for him? I've, so the I've, three the three teams that I've heard were Jets, Dolphins, Raiders. I tried to look for any Ravens connection, and I, I couldn't find any legitimate. Um, out of Jets, Dolphins, and, and Raiders, you know, I, I I think the Dolphins could be something in a few years, so I don't want to see them waste money now. Um, so maybe the Raiders make sense, possibly. Nobody's going to the Jets. After what just happened with Jamal Adams, nobody's going there. The, yeah, <laughs> the Jets, yeah, I the Jets have the, the assets to give up to get him, though, and he would fit in that defense really well. 
if they if the assets are right, I guess, or and if his contract is right, I mean, I could see him doing that. If he's actually going to get paid big, because that's been the big deal with him and the Jags. Sure. He's been looking to get paid, yeah. and if the and Jets the, the do Jets, that, maybe Jets he have, goes there because he's trying to play for the money. Sure. But the, the Jets have the opportunity to pay him if he's trying to win. Of those three rumored on. teams, though, the Raiders seems like the only team that that really are forging ahead and going to be competitive here in, in this. Year. I mean, I think Miami's talented, but they seem. They seem too far off, and and the I Jets think, now that Dirk Cutter's out of the league as a head coach, I think Adam Gase is the worst head coach in the NFL. I don't think there's oh, any yeah. doubt about it. I think the Raiders should win Adam Gase the fewest games <laughs> out of those three teams. Bill O'Brien's the only one I would put worse. Did anybody else hear that? Newman thinks the Raiders. I think the Raiders the might least. win the the least the least amount of games out of those three teams. Really? Mm, I might have to hold you to that. I'll bet you ten. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with ten dollars on it. Uh, sure, we'll throw a 10 spot on that. Right there on the meme raid, 10, <laughs> no. 10 spot. I think the Raiders will win more games than the Jets, 100%. Thank you. I love the AFC West. It's going to be a fun pot and chat. Yeah. Sure, give it, a, give it a couple of weeks. <laughs> so, Pete, let's go back to, uh, you know, owning the galley. Um, what do you think, you know, with, 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 with the news that you're hearing, you know, with possibility of Maxine not being until the end of 2021, like how do you, how do you guys make do right now? Uh, well, right now we kind of have to – uh, participate in the theater, you know, with the with the mask for sure. And and I say that it's theater not because I don't believe masks work, because I, I do believe that they work. But for us, uh, the requirement is for you to walk into the restaurant with a mask as soon as you sit down. You're allowed to take it off. Yes. And uh, and the burden for us here in in Pinellas County is uh, if we if we don't enforce a mask, the business can be fine. So we're we're pretty strict about it. Everybody's been uh, very participatory, especially in the last several weeks. Uh, I mean, what we're most thrilled about now is since March, we've had about seven weeks in a row now without new rules. So that gives us where we can actually plan and get ourselves <laughs> yeah, together. It um, was rough there for a period. You have new rules every day. Yeah, it would, it would seem to be like every 10 days there would be a new set of rules and regulations. That's hard, really hard to, to operate and project going forward and, and to make plans. Um, but uh, – you know, I think sports is really helping uh, for what's going on, for what we do. You know, we're not a sports bar, but we're all about the local. So with the Rays being very competitive right now and uh, the Lightning uh, just advancing into the next round and, and the Bucks being the most interesting team on planet Earth right, right now when it comes to sports. Tampa uh, Bay. Yeah, we can't, we can't wait uh, for getting some of that stuff going on. So we're, we're doing pretty good. Um, we've always had a really great food model and a good delivery service, so we're doing great there. And then, like I said, we're doing live music all the time, too. We're just giving people something to smile about. And, uh, and, and there's, I think there's a lot of us here in Florida, too, that have already kind of been exposed. So their fear subsides the longer the way they get from it. And then someone like me who apparently had COVID in March, like I'm certainly not fearful what's going on now, but you, you hear crazy stories. I was just telling a story about one of, one of my buddies, uh, his wife made him build an outdoor shower because he goes and works in, in the public. And I, and I just think that's a little, little much. And uh, I think a lot of this, uh, a lot of this fear will kind of subside over time. I mean, there's no escaping the virus. It's just, uh, we just have to kind of mitigate the effects and, and people need to take care of themselves and uh, not crush a million beers like all of us guys and, and, and hope that they can, they can beat it when they come to it. Can, can you give us a quick rundown of, of what kind of happened with what went, because a timeline per se, of you know when COVID first shut everything down to what you guys kind of did? Because you stayed open, right? Sure, yeah. Uh, we were able to stay open virtually the whole time. Uh, we opened the, the Irish Pub Mary's uh, in end of February, and we were humming along. We had big events going on there. Like Every, two days before St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, we, we opened at end of, end of February. We did really good. Everything was plugging along nicely, both places. I mean, if you talk to everybody or anybody in hospitality in Florida, it was such a huge February. 
Uh, this it was kind of going to look like a banner year, and then we started loan up for St. Patrick's Day, and then the uh, the announcement was on March 16th that restrictions would begin on March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. So that squashed St. Patrick's Day, kind of at both places a little bit. Mary's did pretty well considering, but uh, so the first thing was to shut down at nine o'clock, uh, and then a couple of days later that Friday it was takeout only. You couldn't have dining guests, and then it kind of evolved. But into- alcohol to go right. You could do alcohol to go, so you had to take it only policy, which is what they're they're dealing with in New York City right now. If you, if you take a look around, there's a lot of party in the streets up there in New York, and uh, and God bless those people for still going out and keeping all of us employed in a, in hospitality. So then it moved on. So that mid March kind of situation, they they canceled the St. Pete Grand Prix. All the sports leagues started getting canceled. Things started to snowball a little bit from there, and then we got pretty much hunkered into the lockdown, and and that was. You look back at it now a few months ago, like what a wild time that was. I mean, just it was so eerie. You know, we have such a dynamic downtown here in St. Pete to have this kind of eeriness of just places shuttered up and bordered. Uh, And then, you know, we we got through that. Let's take out time. and, And the community was such a huge support of us at both places moved along. And then May, I believe it was May the 1st, they announced that we could open on May the 4th. Uh, so we, so may, I, may the fourth be with you. Yeah. And, and we needed the force with us for, for sure. Uh, uh, that then I couldn't believe that they let us be open for sinking a mile. Cause I just knew what people were going to be like. Cause if you look at it back then, I mean, especially for all of us in Florida, I mean, we're the international hotspot for COVID right now, but, uh, nobody knew anybody sick back then. Yeah. Nobody, nobody sick. Uh, and then we were had some of the best weather we've ever had for spring. I mean, all throughout March, oh, April, and May. It was beautiful. It was like cool, I mean, for, cool for, weather, for, for, no for, rain. For Florida, you know, no humidity and temperatures in the 60s regularly in the middle of May was really something to behold. The uh, only issue was that my allergies were killing me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there, there, was, no, there was no rain. I mean, the, the pollen count was crazy. But, you know, people felt really good about things. Uh, and then the heat started coming, and my theory is the heat started coming, and then uh, people started piling in the air conditioning. They were in close quarters. Nobody knew anybody sick. So, you know, I had my best month ever in May because you had people from all over the country flying down to Florida. If you looked around the country, the fun places, the New Orleans, California, New York, Chicago, L.A., uh, you know, Las Vegas, they were all, all closed. closed. Even in Florida, Miami was closed. Key West was closed. So, Disney World was closed. So where where would you rather go in Florida? Do you want to go to Jacksonville or you want to come to Tampa Bay? They were coming to Tampa Bay. They were coming to the beaches, and I and I think that that just kind of what spilled over for what was going on around here. People started getting sick. My staff started getting sick, uh, and then we shut down on June the twelfth after things kind of got settled. So we went in this whole May of being restrictions. The bars open beginning of June. We, we went a week, everybody started getting sick, and then it just, that whole thing of nobody knowing it, anybody that got sick, bam, everybody knew someone that got sick. And now I think that's started to wane, and, and you see our numbers here in Pinellas are going down. I think we've got a little bit of a herd immunity here, it feels like, especially amongst Let's us hospitality so. folks. Well, you guys got a great place, and especially for a Sunday ticket, man. When we went, when we come in, you guys had a great setup for the TVs, and not only Brunch. that, it's, it's, not, it's not bar food, man. This is above-notch, freaking delicious food, and it's a great place to go. So when we come into the football season and the NFL starts up, are they going to have even the same restrictions going in? I mean, everything's set in place right now? We're not sure. Uh, we we kind of have to have the 50% capacity restriction right now, which, which is doable for us. We've, you know, we've spaced out our tables and we've changed our, our program a little bit. Um, 
Uh, we're not going to have the crab leg specialist here. Not Jameis is gone. Oh, no. So we're going we're to switch around uh, with, with Tom Brady. I don't think we're going to have to do that anymore. But, uh, no, I, I, I'm not sure. We're hearing some some uh, rumors that the state's going to ease up some restrictions here coming soon. But, you know, there's going to be a lot of political opposition to that. And we're in a goddamn election year. And everything is a political football now. Um, You're really going to flow with it, man. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and everybody just has to, to remain uh, dexterous and has to be ready for it. But we're just happy to to be, you know, we're, we're one of the lucky ones for sure. We've always sold food and we just have great community support. More than anything, this has really tested business owners as a whole, you know, from, from the smallest business to the largest corporations, your adaptability. Um, and, you know, I work for a very large corporation. It's they put in all these controls in place, you know, uh, contingency plans in case something sure. were to go wrong. It's testing everyone's contingency plans to the full. I mean, if, if you're not adaptable as a co- as a company, you're gonna die. You ain't gonna make right it now. Nope. Uh, and and if I could uh, spit a hot take here, yeah, let's hear it. Memory, you know, all these places that are closing or teetering on closing are in trouble. They've been in trouble for a long yeah, time. For sure, they they didn't have a good program. Yeah. They didn't have uh, the following that they weren't as profitable as others. You know, this is a very very dog eat world in hospitality, and we're when, talking when about when you're talking about the restaurant and industry specifically. I accept that, but there's some bars, especially particularly for the live music venues, right where they didn't sure. do food. Those places were crushing, but all of a sudden, you know, they're trying to book acts I, and I they're, they're closed. That. So. To, for those for those type of venues, it, not necessarily. Yeah, I, I don't want to paint with too broad of a brush. I, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, if, if you're not allowed to operate as what you are, I mean, you think if like some of the places like we were talking about in South Bend, like how's linebackers going to do with that Notre Dame football, right? <laughs> you know, you think about the place yeah. like that. You know, um, how how's uh, Potbelly's in Tallahassee going to do without Ooh. FSU football or without students Good or, call uh, coming for, to or the Greek life? I hope yeah. that place dies. Yeah. <laughs> Bullwinkles. Yeah. Pop Boys was the worst. <laughs> well, I definitely it's think- no McDittons on South Howard, that's for sure. No, no. Well, I definitely think we're lucky where we live, too, especially for our hospitality industry and, and how there actually is not as many um, stipulations as there are in some other places. Sure. Like Nashville, Tennessee right now is locked down. My buddy just was getting ready to open up a brand new bar there. Can't even open it up now because they don't serve food, anything. It's shut down, and they have the 10 p.m. curfew. You cannot be out. There's well, no, no alcohol. I think after 10 p.m. So think about what they're just, dealing with. Up in there Nashville, too. yeah, in Nashville. I'm actually 10, going to Nashville in like two weeks. Oh, before 10, whatever. I think it's we 10 might go on a hike instead. I think it's like 10, <laughs> yeah. 10 30 p.m. is their cutoff. But before that, the places are back, like wall to wall. It is absurd. You know, I was just in Cleveland back. a couple weeks ago. Uh, in Cleveland, you know, Ohio still didn't have a big outbreak. It's not like what we're dealing with here in Florida. But it's nobody politics. goes anywhere in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and it's and what they're I think they're also benefiting from the nice weather. People are outdoors more. You know, they're not all shuttered in. I think we'll see more of the the northern states suffering with some with some uh, spikes uh, starting in uh, in the winter months. But right when I was flying out of Cleveland that Friday, they just imposed a 9 p.m. state uh, uh, lockdown as far as serving alcohol, so you couldn't serve anymore after 9 p.m. because the virus only gets you with the beer in your hand. You know? so. <laughs> I can't wait to be in Cleveland for the draft for the draft next year. Yeah, the whole oh, sports beamer so. is going to well, be there. Actually, speaking of that, what do you think about that kind of cherry picking of you know bars can't be open, but if you serve food, I've heard that there are bars in the area that literally like you could come pick up a drink and they would sell you a pack of saltines. 
Sure. Did I you mean, hear about uh, that? There, there was a great place in Buffalo that had a, had a really ridiculous menu. I, I remember one of the descriptions was nine French fries, and the description was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine French fries. <laughs> so, so they, they, uh, uh, I mean, there's definitely a lot of loopholes. One of my favorites was a local bar around here that did a uh, – they became an art lounge. So they, they had five different varieties of art. So one would be like a well drink, the next would be a call, the next would be a draft beer, premium. So they had different pieces of art. So the art is what you bought and the alcohol was free. So people have gotten a, a ways to figure it out. And to be honest, in a state the size of Florida uh, with, uh, with our, our current administration and everything we've got going on, there's just not enough people to go out and inspect what's happening. Mm-hmm. They, so they don't know. So you know, if you're really a, a real persistent violator and just packing them in and being a, a full-fledged nightclub, I think uh, you're going to get caught. Um, but it's just uh, it is a funny thing. A lot of the little loopholes that, that they've got going on, and it just speaks to you know we feel like they're just not being serious about it. If they wanted to be serious about it, they would say all dining rooms closed, all bars are closed. You have to be outside only, and they're and they're not being and they're not being that way. And I think that. That challenges the credibility of the whole thing when they're not being that serious. I agree I mean, completely. I mean, has anybody been to a restaurant here and they wear the mask for ninety seconds of their hour and a half experience at the restaurant? I mean, it's, it's just pretty silly. Definitely shouldn't be picking and choosing. That's for sure. Okay, so I wanted to jump in another question with you, Pete. We'll move away from kind of the restaurant business for now. Um, so, growing up, who are your teams and and explain those because we're the sports memory and we want to talk about sports. So, uh, so my dad was a season ticket holder for the Buffalo Bills. And the Buffalo Sabres. He moved uh, to Florida a couple years before I was born. So I kind of got inoculated with the curse of being a Buffalo Bills fan. Ouch. Uh, uh, and we, Part it, of the it, mafia, huh? Oh, Part man, of the mafia. A, but I, I have grown up here in, in the Tampa area, and I've been to many more Bucks games than I ever went to Bills games. So the Bills are kind of my distant second team. So I'm all about the Buccaneers. And, and uh, I made a choice when I was a little kid to be a Florida State fan. You kind of have that, that choice. Go Knowles. When, you, when you're a little kid, some kid will ask you, in first grade like who are you are you a florida state fan a florida fan or miami fan it usually had something to do with parents allegiances you know sure. if you if your parents went to florida you were a gator fan so i picked florida state then and that, that was my team hey, hey what, what do florida state fans and miami fans have in common pete uh they play anybody anywhere i don't give it to me none of them went to miami <laughs> that's right <laughs> there's, there's a lot of that i went to fsu to party though like that's why i know about <laughs> pop bellies and yeah isn't that, that why stuff. everybody goes yeah, to FSU? Uh, uh, yeah and well the girls are nice too uh, um but uh hey, so nice so uh growing up around here you know we got the lightning so that was an easy thing to be behind the lightning as yeah, a they kid. used to play at the trop man yeah they used to play at Did the you ever thunderdome. Go to the thunderdome yeah i've been to the thunderdome they used to, they used to give away the tickets same with the, the old devil rays you used to get uh uh, free Devil Rays tickets in your Checkers Value meal at the drive-thru. Nice. Uh, back, back in the day. So, and then what I would say, too, uh, the best birthday gift I ever got was the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. On my 11th birthday was when we got awarded the team. So I'm, I'm Tampa Bay through and through. I have some other uh, teams and, and players that I like uh, or have liked over the year, but I'm kind of Tampa Bay all day. And then I, I always got told I should be an Orlando Magic fan because I'm from Central Florida, but... We fucking hate Orlando. Like, they don't go to Orlando. So I, I was a Bulls fan as a kid with MJ, and then I followed all those old Bulls and Bulls coaches to the Lakers. So I'm kind of a, I'm a, kind of a casual NBA fan without a team. Sure. But I have seen LeBron play in person a few times, and that was yeah. pretty fun. I, I endorse the Magic just because it's Central Florida. But, I mean, I've been they, were, Mag- they were pretty fun, you know. They had some, they had some runs back in the, the I saw, 90s. I saw Tracy Shaq. McGrady score 62 points in person. It was a career high for him. And uh, to his credit, he did not dunk one time. He did, There was no easy baskets. But he, how many assists he did he have? Not, not, not many. Not many. T-Mac, T-Mac was the man. 
probably like sixty three. He, yeah. he, <laughs> he 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 was at the stripe a lot that night too. But that was a it was a lot of we call those beers at, at the arena the magic beers. because yeah. they they are magical. They they get you right. For but sure. yeah, it makes sense why you're friends with Newman though. You get having two NFL teams. Well, he's yeah. like, staying consistent. You know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I mean. You got to kind of – there's so many great memories for me as a kid, and I actually was going through some old stuff. I'm getting ready to, to move here pretty soon, and I found a bunch of pictures of my first NFL game. I got to see the Bills versus Dolphins, Kelly versus Marino. Uh, what a special time with that. And I was all decked out. I had my Thurman Thomas hat and my big Buffalo jacket. And that's it, it big time, man. There. It was great. Kelly was, versus Marino, that's yeah, awesome. That was a pretty special thing. And the, the, the big T-shirt then, that was the year after they went to the Four Super Bowl, so it was the drive for five. Yeah. What year was it? So, 90, so like 94, 90, okay. 94, yeah. Wow. Yeah, October 9, 1994. I, I some of you guys might not know this about Thurman Thomas. They may not, some of you kids, you might not understand how good he was. Thurman Thomas was good enough to keep Barry Sanders on the bench at Oklahoma State. Absolutely. That's how good and he was. Old man Newman giving his take. Right? He, and he some fell. of you kids weren't even know, but <laughs> young whipper. He, he was uh, fucking 32. And he fell, uh, he fell to the second round because of a knee injury his senior year. That's how Barry got it. And then Barry became the player of the year, Heisman Trophy winner, all that stuff. Back in my day, yeah. the football wasn't made out of pig skin. It was made out of human skin. <laughs> the worst player on your team had to give up a part of his body to make a football out of his skin. Still not made out of pigskin actually yeah, but yeah. anyway dude, but jim kelly and dan marino dude talk about two gunslingers back oh, when defensive that? backs were allowed to just beat the living shit out of wide receivers too those guys were gunslinging back then man imagine so, yeah. them in today's league yeah, andre risen right every, uh, andre, andre reed oh, yeah andre reed that's a uh, right. hall of famer yeah dude, people uh, talk I, shit like oh th- there was no no athletes back then it was so much easier that's what i keep hearing now especially after the last dance Oh, we, we know that's bullshit. It's like, though. come on. <laughs> like, I, mean, what, real. I, I was a big ESPN classic fan. I mean, I still mm-hmm. try to catch it sometime. And they had a show on there. And this is where some of the Buffalo Bills pride uh, comes through. They had a show, Top 5 Reasons Dan Marino uh, can't, or didn't win the Super Bowl. I think number two was the Buffalo Bills. I mean, the, <laughs> Bills, just, the Bills just kicked the shit out of them all the time. Yeah, and, uh, screw Marino. Uh, yeah. All right, so let's uh, let's jump into. We were talking about the NBA there, flirting a little bit with it. We'll, we'll jump into the what's going on. So, just a little quick um, NBA update. Do you want to start us off there, Brandon? Uh, yeah, I, I tailed off at the end of this uh, last week, but uh, August twenty fourth will be Kobe Bryant Day. Uh, Drew was looking for more information on it, and it's there is no real information. There is no parade. There's no celebration, but just in honor. Um, it is just sort of his day um, for for anybody who wants to celebrate that. Eight twenty four. Um, what day is yeah. Alex Caruso day? <laughs> <laughs> Every day is Alex Caruso day. Every fucking day. So, so, Big so, Dick Caruso, baby. So we actually had the first round of the playoffs now uh, this past week, or the first or the first set of games so far have started off this week. Upset uh, cities. Who, who, what's the most interesting storyline so far for you? Definitely the Trailblazers, one hundred percent. Dame about it. Dame going off. Dame Dalla well, spitting so, that fire. So we were talking about it in previous casts. You know what teams potentially benefited from this? Uh, first of all, if you didn't watch that game last night, LeBron James looks ridiculous. This is what LeBron James can do if you give him a few months after the regular season to just rest his bones. He looks fucking unreal. I've, there's never been a thirty-five-year-old player like this ever. Dude, I, that, that play where he ran down the, the lane in the first and then quarter, did like a 180 yes. pivot, in the and first then quarter, just dunked unreal. it home. Oh, I, I got up and literally put my hands on my head like this. I was blown away. Why don't people around him, like, why can't Anthony Davis in his early 20s, like, 
just develop one of these moves, man. I mean, I know he's seven feet tall, but he's a seven footer. And they said in the broadcast, they could probably run like a four or five. But he's not. He, he'll never have the agility that yeah, LeBron has. He doesn't have that that agility. That's, Anthony that's Davis the is a monster. Let's get real. And he one hundred percent is a monster. He he had a double double last night. It didn't look like a double double. He looked lethargic. It was a little strange there. He had twenty eight points and eleven rebounds. So I I know it looks almost Kevin Love-esque when he was on the Cavs with LeBron. And it seems like LeBron's, again, having to throw everybody on his shoulders. Unexperienced guys in the playoffs, except for he signed J.R. Smith. But let's get real there. That's guy smoking a joint on the freaking bench on the side. Right. You got Alex Caruso and, and the goat. Uh, the goat. And they're trying to guard da- Damian Lillard. Right now, the Lakers, I believe, they're one of the worst teams in defense against point guards in the entire NBA. Right. They're it, struggling on the perimeter. This, no this, Avery Bradley either. This no Rayshon Rondo. Ha- no, nobody to lock down. So this has real upset potential in me as far as like the, the last seed against the number one seed. This has true upset potential, especially the way Damian Lillard's been coming after these guys in the league. If you've been following him on Twitter during the bubble right here and calling people out, it's been fire, man. Well, and think about this. Uh, if you're the Lakers, you finally get the number one seed and you don't have really a home field that's a huge factor of like there there's no more home field and and that's always been a determining factor like if you're the lakers it's fucking hard to go into la and win a game when the crowd is with you and all that that's not there anymore the trailblazers in the front row eating spaghetti the trailblazers were a losing team in the regular season for for them to even for us to even actually be legitimately talking about them and their possibilities to upset the fucking lakers is unreal it's so 2020 and how pissed is lebron though how pissed off is he with his very first playoff game with the Lakers, with his reveal of the tune uh, Space Jam yeah. uniforms and everything, and he, they come out and lose the first playoff game. I don't care if he got a triple-double. He's pissed right now. I think he's going to be pissed off enough to go cram all over the Blazers tomorrow night. He's going like, to oh, be ridiculous. Yeah. He better. Yeah. Angry LeBron is terrifying. Yeah, you don't want that. So here's one one protect, potential thing to talk about with, with in regards to the Portland probably should not be an eight seed. The reason that they finished as low as they did in the regular season was because Yusuf Nurchic was out, right? He's fully healthy now, and he's a monster. And he's one of the major reasons why this team is playing as well as they are. Talk about a guy who's fresh and rested. Like, it definitely helped the the Blazers to get to that point. Otherwise, you know, they might not even be in it. Yeah, with Whiteside and Nurkic. Um, they throw up two legitimate seven footers, you know, not, not a poor Zynga seven footer. Like we're talking like a man's seven footer in, in both of those guys. All right. Dan Dockage. <laughs> like that line. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, they, 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 they're man's men and they can compete with the size. Uh, and it, it, like can Drew you see was it? hitting on, they, they don't have the guards. Can, to keep up with them. They just don't have the backcourt. No. Losing Avery was massive. Do you think that Porzingis just doesn't have it in his eyes, right? That's that's what it is. Nurk Nurch <laughs> yeah. has it in his eyes. Is that the difference? It's all in the eyes. That's all you need to know for a competitor is look in his eyes. He's just got <laughs> thin bones, man. I, I get what you're saying. He's not a man. Like the what what's his name? Nurkic? Nurchich? Yeah, Yusuf Nurchich. He looks like a guy that would fucking like has you know challenge you to a knife throwing contest. Has there ever been an alpha European NBA player? Like, has there ever been that big out? Like, there is. Um, Dirk won one. Dirk won one. But we're yeah. talking about Europe, guys. Flock, yeah. Flock and Divac. Yeah, Flop I mean, and Divac. 
Yeah. Um, put Euro a basketball on Good point, though. Good yeah. point. But so here's the thing. Um, it is so different. They, 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 it's a beautiful game to them. It's get, like soccer. Getting I, back on topic, topic a little bit. If the Lakers were to actually blow this, how this is LeBron season. We were talking about last week, right? If the Lakers were to actually lose this series, how bad of a look is that? It's the biggest upset in all of sports time. It's the biggest letdown in any sports series that's ever been. I don't know about that. I'm a Tampa Bay Lightning fan. I was yeah. Uh, we just yeah Tampa Bay Lightning are not the Los Angeles Lakers. With sure, but the best, best, best record in NHL in the, history. Pretty much yeah. the single greatest regular season in the history of the NHL. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just and then we, to get swept. The Lakers aren't getting swept. Yeah. Well, what we talked about. Charles Barkley called it last night before the game. Yeah, he, he called, called it. He called the game. He pulled the broom out. That's, that was hilarious, by the way. Yeah. But if LeBron loses first round of the playoffs right now at this point in his career with the Los Angeles Lakers, with Anthony Davis, built the team that he wanted, blah, blah, blah. Dude, you're not the GOAT. Like that, I don't want to hear anybody talk about it anymore. And I don't, I'm not here or there for LeBron and Michael Jordan and comparing eras. I think they're both the greatest players of their time. LeBron James is the greatest player of this time that we've gotten to see over these last couple decades. But this taints the whole entire thing. All the finals losses, and then you go out in the first round the Dame, that's hard to recover from, especially with uh, Space Jam. I wouldn't start throwing dirt on LeBron James just yet. Oh, not at all. No, no. But but sure. uh, And that was was a pretty close game last night. I mean, uh, Portland hit a couple big shots. um, But I expect alpha LeBron to to come through it and just – just really start taking it to the rim. Guys just fall apart around LeBron. It's 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 really bizarre. Um, and he's never had his. So a lot of people watched Last Dance and they said afterwards, like, I don't want to hear the goat argument anymore. I watched Last Dance and I was actually more convinced about the LeBron MJ goat race and in, in that it was closer. And here's why: the Last Dance made me realize, or I guess reminded me how good Scotty fucking Pippen was. Yeah. And so that's the thing is LeBron has really never had his Pippen. You could argue Wade. Wade. You could argue Wade Wade for a few years, but he got kind of post, you know, post-career Wade. Post-prime Wade. Yeah, post-prime Wade. He never... You Bosch too then? Yeah, Bosch. Dude, I mean, Bosch wasn't in his prime either. And and let's face it, he won won two championships in three years. So, (laughs) I mean, like, it, it wasn't like he was terrible. But when he put a team together like they needed right there, Udonis Haslam, who was a, a veteran at that point in time, he's still in the league right now. They had a good core team with that Heat team right there. That was built just like a Bulls team. And you sure, had three the, key players, veterans, playing hard. It, it was built like the that. The Duncan Spurs are superior to the 90s Sonics or, or the Jazz uh, of that area. I mean, that was, a, that was an all-time great team, too, For they sure. ran into. And, uh, and they got them one time, and they didn't the other. You know, yeah, it just. Yeah. And I mean, sure. they got you need a little luck. Jordan Jordan never dragged a bum ass team to the finals and won it all. Like we couldn't wait with the cap. But to be fair, you couldn't do that in the exactly. East. You couldn't do that saying. in the East in the eighties and nineties. There was there was no bum True. teams to run through. So but, yeah, but that, and then winning it, but the oh, West, you got the Lakers on the other side. So the West was terrible in Jordan's era. So yeah, yeah. all he had to do, it, yeah, the, the East beat itself up. I agree with that. But then once you got to the finals, it was. Jeez, he never went to Game Seven in any of his finals because well, the West I, always I mean, sucks. That was a really Utah good Utah good team. team. That yeah. was a really good Utah team, really well coached, and I mean the the greatest duo in the history of basketball. Right. Stock two Hall of Famers. Yeah, yeah. But the 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 Bulls team that competed against that Utah team was the greatest of all time. Well, I, sure. I would like the uh, the argument of 
LeBron versus Jordan to carry on, just I, I would like the Golden State versus ninety six Bulls to carry on. That, that would be that 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 should be something you can only act out in EA Sports. I'm just glad that with all this, we aren't talking about the Warriors. <laughs> Fuck the Warriors. Yeah. Fifteen and fifty. Wow. Okay. Let, let's I hate uh, Kevin Durant. Ke- Kevin Durant is by far my most hated NBA. Player. Same. I can't stand. That I can't stand him either. Let's talk about some so of the sensitive. other some of the other matchups that we got here in the NBA playoffs, though. What, what's interesting to you? So the Magic upset the Bucks. The Rockets still pulled out the victory over Oklahoma City without without Westbrook. Right. The Thunder were supposed to win that game without Westbrook, but. He might and Westbrook might be out for a little bit, but they got the early jump on him. Then you got the Nuggets went one one today, uh, but how about freaking Donovan Mitchell dropping fifty seven points nine and seven in the first game, and then um, the Raptors are up two zero. Who cares? And uh, the Celtics lose Gordon Hayward, but they're up on the seventy sixers. They're probably going to cakewalk that because of Simmons. So I mean, but the most interesting series probably to watch at this point, Clips Mavs yeah. Luca yeah. Porzingis, definitely very interesting. You know what sure. I mean? Kawhi. I actually caught myself watching quite a bit of that the other night. I mean, we have such a feast with sports on TV right now. I'm flipping through baseball. And, it's great, and right? Basketball and playoff hockey. It's really, it's really unbelievable. It's, it's pretty cool. It's yeah. a little biased up here, but definitely the the series I see going to the edge is going to be he's uh, Heat Pacers. If Oladipo comes back, uh, the Pacers were in control of that game before Oladipo went down. I think um, you've been then, smoking then the that methamphetamine up there in the Midwest, my friend. <laughs> Dude, the Heat are one of the scariest teams in the East. Like that, that team is stacked with young talent and can. They shoot. still got old man Wade too, right? No, 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 no. he retired. Yeah, he's Jim, gone. They got Jimmy Butler, who looks like uh, he'll freaking. You do not want to run into that guy in the back. He alley. actually finished his career with the, with Chicago. Wade. Wow. With yeah. the boat back in his hometown. Yep. Well, NBA hasn't really been relevant on, until the finals, until yeah. this year, which is no, what no, makes it exciting. I'm he what, played one more year with the Heat I, I, last did, year. Oh, yeah, he, he did. He came year. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh. Well, dude, if you guys have not watched the Heat this year, though, they are a badass team, I promise yeah. you. They're young. They're deep. They're ready to play. The East needs to be on. Be, be aware, especially the Bucks too, coming out losing the first one to the Magic. I'm not saying that that's setting anything for the for the series. You know, we're probably going to have the Greek Freak come out and drop a triple-double like LeBron in the next game, but that's still interesting as well. Vucevic Ma- outplayed him. Vucevic outplayed him. For sure, but if, if the Magic had Jonathan Isaac, I might take it a little bit more seriously that they could sure. compete in the series, but without a J.I. and him blowing his knee out again, it, it, I don't see it happening yeah. there. But how about Luca? Luca with a 47-point yeah, dropper, too. Doing what Luca does. If, if you were to start an NBA franchise right now, would you go Luca? Would you go John Morant? Would you go Donovan Mitchell? Would you go Zion? Who are you going with if you're starting an NBA franchise? Luca. Right Luca for me. Yeah, That's a tough question, but I, w- I would take Luca. Um, Donovan Mitchell will probably be my, my, my second on that just because... I really love Donovan Mitchell, and I think he's really criminally underrated. What worries me about uh, I would def- I would go Zion all day if it wasn't for uh, some doctor just randomly came out and recently expressed his opinion on him and was like this this is a guy who's going to be burnt out by the time he's twenty nine. Just just uh, it was like a, a a guy that works with athletes his entire life, and he's like if he doesn't lose like thirty five pounds immediately, there's no way this guy has any longevity. I'll take Giannis. Thank you. I'll start my franchise. Yeah, he didn't even give it as an option, but yeah, yeah. Giannis, for sure. I, I know sure. it didn't come I, up, but he's in that age range. He's yeah. right there. People think a, that Greek freak, you look at him, he thinks, oh, this guy's got to be like 25, 26. He's like no. 24, right? <laughs> yeah, as, a, as a casual fan and a businessman, I think he goes high on. I mean, he if he can stay healthy, he's the face of the league, and, and he's an exciting, infectious personality, and that's sure. that's what we're talking about. When, when, even when you talk about 
Michael versus LeBron. I mean, you got they're talking about big personalities, guys that bring people to the TV. And for a casual fan like me who has not been interested in the NBA in recent years because it's been so predictable, these playoffs are great because it's so unpredictable. I mean, the Lakers are supposed to be the number one seed, and they got upset first game. And, and the yeah. same with Milwaukee. So, mm-hmm. you know, we were kind of hoping for a collision course for, for the sake of the league, Milwaukee versus the Lakers. Uh, and that doesn't seem like a certain thing. And I think that's really great for a healthy league. And then next year when Curry and Durant start coming back, now we're, we're getting really exciting. Uh, where the, with the, the with talent the is more evenly spread Absolutely. instead of stacked, Absolutely. Which, is, which is good for the casual fan. If you're not a fan of those teams – you want to see that, right? April was exciting for me as as a youth because the NBA playoffs were so exciting, and that just has not been the case in recent years. I mean, sure. uh, Golden, did Golden State, what, lose one game two years ago when they won the title? I mean, it's ridiculous. Lakers in six, by the way, still. Well, let's let's go around, <laughs> let's go around Robin. What, who do you think is most likely to pull the upset? Drew, start off. Uh, I'm going to go Magic uh, because the Bucks they don't have the – veteran presence of LeBron, like they, their, their star player isn't LeBron. Um, he, in fact, I would compare Giannis in a lot of ways to a young LeBron. Uh, LeBron is a guy that can rally the troops, man. He, 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 he does ask a lot of the people around him. If anyone can come back from that loss and it was a disheartening loss, make no mistake about it. I think it's, it's definitely the Lakers. So if I, I don't think either upset, by the way. Both in six. Prisoner of the moment, I'm going to take the Blazers just because I think that the guard play that we talked about is a real issue for the Lakers, and Dame is hot fire right now. So that's that's my pick. Spit hot fire. <laughs> Dylan. Oh, yeah, dude. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the Trailblazers bandwagon. Oh, I thought you were going to go Pacers yeah, over the heat. That's what I thought as well. as They're the higher seed. They're the four seed. Oh, okay. Never mind. My bad. <laughs> Wouldn't even be an upset. You wouldn't think it. Obviously, I think I think Portland can pull the upset. I mean, they're they're a talented bunch, and I think they give uh, the Lakers a little bit of matchup problems. Yeah. But I, I still I, I agree with you. I think it's very unlikely. I, I think NBA playoffs the the way these series fall. I mean, you very rarely see the upset for but, sure. But we've had some great performances so far. You know what I mean? Like a couple guys dropping in the fifth with Donovan Mitchell with a fifty-seven, and then a forty-seven out of Luca and stuff like that. Um, so that brings us to Newman trivia. Going into this season, there's only been four players that have multiple 50-game, 50 uh, 50-point playoff performances. Name them. Four players. Michael four. Jordan. Jordan's one. LeBron. Nope. No, oh, wait. Wilt. Yep. Kobe. Westbrook. No. Kareem. No. Damn, Russ didn't get it, huh? No. Kareem. No. No. Hold on, no. I just... You got to think about a guy that was a solo solo guy, right? Uh, Because a fifty pointer, Iverson, Iverson, yep, yep. Okay, one more. This, this, you guys aren't going to get this one. Uh, You'd have to go back. Hold on, is it old? old? Let me see. Old school. Uh, George Gervin, Pistol Pete. Nope. No, Pistol Pete. I don't think he ever made the playoffs. Alex Caruso. (laughs) Jerry West. Jerry West. Kurt with the winner. Jerry West. The logo. The logo. Yeah. Good job, guys. Also, would be in the Hall of Fame as an executive if he never dribbled a basketball once. I mean, just, right. That was unbelievable. And just for the, yeah. for the record. Man knows Miss, basketball. Mr. West Virginia, too, by the for way. For the record, I'm on the Trailblazers bandwagon as well. For okay. the most likely to upset, just because I've been a Magic fan since I decided I think I we could get treated to a great seven-game series there, and then all bets are off. I mean, we're... Sure, absolutely. I mean, I'd love to see LeBron it. about that. 
Hey, we're back <laughs> All to bets the off had, had the answer. So, guys, we're going to move to the NFL, um, and we're, we do this. Uh, it's a series that we're doing where we preview basically different divisions. And uh, this week, you got the NFC South, and uh, I'm actually wearing a Bucks jersey right now, which is very bizarre. Uh, it feels very odd. I don't really the know what to rush, do with myself. Yeah, yeah, color rush, Jameis jersey. Yeah. It was uh, deeply discounted. Um, <laughs> <laughs> with the NFC South, very, you know, interesting division, uh, especially, I mean, there's no more interesting team in the world right now than the Bucks. Uh, like you were saying earlier, Pete. Um, it is, and it's intoxicating. You're, you're not down here, Brandon, but it really is. It's weirdly intoxicating, the whole rush, uh, the allure of it. I get the bandwagon, everything about it. But the two divisions that they're going to face off against this year are the AFC North and the NFC North. So, good luck with that. It's tough. It's going to be very, very tough sledding. Uh, the Bucks' schedule, if you look at it, it's very rough. Uh, and just within their own division, you got two teams that look like they're going to pose a bit of a problem with the Falcons and the Saints. So, just going around the horn, uh, does anyone disagree with the Saints winning the division? I disagree. So who, who's, who's going to win? Can I be a homer? Can I be a homer? Yeah. All day? I, I think I think the Bucks take the division. I think I think New Orleans is going to have a little bit of a step back. Um, I mean, it's not so much that I that I, I mistrust New Orleans. It's that uh, I just really love what 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 Tampa Bay's got going on. And I and I there were some articles in the in the Tampa Bay Times here recently just about the defense. You look at how stacked this defensive front is. They might have the best front seven in all of football. And now you're talking about this this young secondary that's getting bolstered with even more draft picks. They might have a But I found they they look pretty good. They look pretty good uh in the second half of the season. So I just feel really good. Todd Bowles is one of the great defensive coordinators in the in the NFL. Uh if if Brady can do three quarters of what Jameis did on the positive side and three quarters less of what Jameis did on the negative side, you're looking at, uh, at at least a 12 win team, and I don't know if New Orleans can pull it off. I mean, they've got to stay healthy. They've got their own old man quarterback. At least 12 too. wins. I, I think I, if you look at their schedule, I love Bucks fans. It, no, if you look at the if you look at their schedule, <laughs> the way things are shaking out, I, I just I think they, they could have a rough start. But if they if they're able to stay healthy, and my biggest concern with the Bucks is if something happens to Brady, nobody feels good about playing Gabbert. You know, yeah. no, nobody no, feels good no, about that's that. True. Uh, and and I think Atlanta's still a mess. Carolina is in a rebuilding phase. We, we've got an unknown rookie head coach there. Um, I just New Orleans is is really good at choking it out. Yeah, so, and, so, and we'll find out week one here, September thirteenth. Can't I wait. Mean, I mean, NFC NFC North is, is it? There's it's a pretty tough division to have to face off against. Sure, um, but I think realistically, y- you get those teams at good times. I think they get the Packers at home. They get the they do have to go on the road to the Bears, but they have. Um, we don't need to go through the whole schedule. No, I'm just, I'm just, tu- I'm just tu- touching a couple on a couple. Um, so, I mean, that's, I think that's the key element, right? Like, are they better than the Bears? Because that's, I think, where you get a swing on that. Um, so, why are we, we comparing Tampa Bay to Chicago? Chicago stinks because they play, is what I'm saying. So, um, yeah, but it's not, I mean, that's a win. Now that I mean, going into Soldier Field on a Thursday, and, not, on a Thursday night. Uh, well, well fortunately, fortunately for, for the Bucks, they're not going to be playing a lot of cold weather games again this year. So that's always been yeah. an advantage for us, little Florida boys. But uh, um, 
No, I, I think Chicago could be better than some people think. Uh, they've got Nick Foles at, up there at quarterback now. They've had they've had a you know they were close again last year to to making the playoffs again. Uh, I think that's a crazy division because I think Green Bay way overachieved last year. I think they way overachieved. Uh, you never trust Detroit, right? And Minnesota has their own limitations. You know, that's a very talented team, but they they don't have any. You know, there's not one great unit on, on Minnesota. They're just kind of all. And his good. name's Kirk Cousins. That's yeah. a, that's, yeah. that's so, a disappointing hey, unit. It's Green, Kirk with a K. Let's get that right. Green, no Green Bay last year became <laughs> the first team to win that division. I, I I'm I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but they didn't. They had neither a top ten offense nor defense. To say they overachieved is 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 dead on. One hundred percent. And I mean, I remember. Watching some of their games, I mean, they got so lucky against Detroit that Monday night game. There was a couple. Of they got lucky like against the Vikings. And then twice. when they when then when they <laughs> played good teams like Kansas City, throttled them. San Francisco right. throttled them. I think twice. San Francisco throttled them, uh, and they'll throttle them again this year. Yeah. But uh, let's let's get back to the NFC South. So, uh, you guys are is everybody in on the Bucks? Everyone's choosing them for the winner. I, I have the Saints winning the division at twelve and four. I have the Bucks coming in at eleven and five. Okay. Woo. Surprise! Yeah, I'm, I'm going. I'm going 11 and five and 11 and five with the with the Bucks. Oh, so you dropping Saints. them down? Yeah, you had them at 12 and four, bud. What what, what changed your opinion on that? <laughs> did I? I must have not have saved yeah. my notes. I thought I had 11 <laughs> and five with both. Did I have 12 and four with both? Yeah, you you've like 12 and four for for a few months now. Yeah. I, I mean, I, then I guess I got to stay 12 and four. Right? I'm <laughs> saying that I'll have to I'll have to drop a, a loss down from uh, Carolina and Atlanta. But yeah, sure, I'll go 12 and four, 12 and four with the Bucks. Uh, Winning the tiebreaker. I got twelve and four with the Bucks winning the division. What what happens with the Saints? It's not only Drew Brees, uh, not only with his off off field stuff that happened this off season, but also Kamara as well. Kamara last year was the strangest way they weren't utilizing him in the right ways, and I don't know what's going to happen there. Is he one of those guys that hits the league hard like Doug Martin did for the Bucks, maybe, and then he fizzles out and he's not the guy in that system? I just don't see that there. And Sean Payton too was entertaining leaving the Saints a few different times. I, I just don't see the Saints coming in as the, the division winners. I think the Bucks with Tom Brady and Bruce Arians and the stacked offense that we got, and we mentioned Todd Bowles, which I think is the major key of the entire Bucks defense right now with our blitz schemes. It's putting pressure on the quarterback, and we're putting quarterbacks on their asses. I think Kurt's seen it with some pewter-colored glasses on there. So well, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I, real, real quick, uh, DraftKings has uh, Carolina at five and a half. You guys going over or under five and a half for Carolina? I think that's really close. I think that's really close. I too. would take the under. I think so they, I think they still have a lot of talent though, and they they have a stability at quarterback now with, with Bridgewater. Uh, it's really going to be about can a so, coach without an off season, a new coach, put mm-hmm. together a good program? So, and I think so, that's a real concern. For for me, the the concern with Carolina is they lost a lot of pieces defensively. They did draft heavily on the defensive end, Luke Kuechly, but right. Luke Kuechly and Thomas Davis. Yeah, yeah. They, they lost and, and, and Joe I mean, McCoy and Joe McCoy. They and and some other guys in their front seven. They lost a lot of pieces on their defense, and you know they did draft. They drafted all defensive players, but here's the thing: if you don't have an off season to get these players in shape and ready and know the system, they're gonna be, be they're not gonna they have even less time to work in. Most of the time, young players it takes them a little bit into the season, then they and start then you're showing advantage. Then, Falcons, Saints, Bucks, mm-hmm, and then yep. you know the Bucks. If something new, they've got the goat at quarterback, sure. which is just should elevate everything. Yep. I mean, I think it, they're playing from behind, and so I think that I would take the under. You know why? You know why I would would give you guys some some credit for saying the Bucks gonna lose probably five ball games is they still have the curse of the kicker. Tom Brady's not going to be able to fix the the Bucks. The Bucks, uh, Matt Gay uh, lost three games for the Buccaneers last year. At least. 
don't don't stop at the kicker, please. Let's <laughs> yeah. uh, let's name some other things going against the Bucks. First of all, the Saints are not only still the thirteen and three Saints that they were last year; they're fucking better. They've brought in more offensive weapons. Emmanuel Sanders. They brought in Emmanuel Sanders. They brought in another backup court. They they arguably already have their better quarterback there in Taysom Hill. Like that guy is so intriguing. If they can ever figure, if they can ever figure out a system around him, mm-hmm. holy shit! If, I, I if Jameis cuts the turnovers down, Jameis is a dangerous anybody. The Bucks had a sure. number one that's, passing that's, attack that's in the what league. I'm saying so, but I think Taysom Hill, you could run like a, a, a what's it called, a, a pistol offense, like like the Baltimore is doing with Lamar Jackson. They have sure. so many weapons; it's insane. They are even better than they were last year. They lose almost nothing on defense. But when you look at the Bucks. You know, uh, as far as a team that was a very, very tough seven and nine team that had a historic, horrific seven week road trip, uh, they had a lot of unfortunate yeah, the NFL games. Didn't do many favors. Uh, I mean, it, I mean, I'm a, I could go down the rabbit hole as a Bucks fan, but I mean, they lost a lot of close games. I was at sure. a lot of them sure. uh, uh, at Ray J and away. They lost a lot of close and our games last year. Was crazy last uh, the, year. Like the, the seven travel. week road trip was was really insane. Uh, but they they kind of solved all their their holes. Here's you know, my they, hole they, up, for the they upgraded the offensive line. They upgraded at quarterback. They upgraded at running back. They upgraded at tight end. I mean, they just they're gonna have another year of continuity within the system. I just think it's they, they feel really here's, good. Right here's now. the Bucks hole for you. Ready? You, you mentioned how they have a really good front seven. They don't have any depth in that front seven. That's the problem. They're gonna one, miss guys like one, Nassib for one sure. One or two injuries on that defensive front, and that is it's it's a problem. It becomes a problem real quick. There's so much more than that. Uh, so not only do I think the Saints are better than they were last year, uh, and I think they have every bit. You want to talk about uh, at least 12 wins. I would say at least 12 wins for them. So with the Bucks, I have so many question marks. You guys can make up all the excuses you want about their secondary. It's young, so you don't you don't know what you have in them. Really turned it around the second half last for year. Sure. No, no for sure, for sure, and, and I that's get part it. of the the light going on for it. a young but it's, player it's, with Carlton Davis hurt yeah. too. At times. Yeah, but sure. it's the one veteran. And Justin it's, Evans was hurt a lot of last year. Too. So that's number one. Number two, your quarterback is forty three years old, and like you said, the guy backing him up is Gabbert. If 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 the Saints old. Feller goes down. Guess what? They got two young guns that they can bring in just immediately. Mm-hmm. And by the way, the Saints went thirteen and three last year when they when they didn't have Breeze for six games. Uh, t- so they had Teddy two gloves. Four, yeah, four, four games. Six. Uh, uh, Teddy Teddy two gloves started five Ted, games, Ted, five and zero last year. Yeah, six, Teddy was six undefeated. games if you include the game that he came in sure, for sure, halftime. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yes. I'm okay. I'm 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 prepared for this. Well, look Don't at worry the Saints it. schedule here. They've got. They've hold got, on, hold on, hold on. So that we got a 43 year old quarterback going against you. Then you have a tight end that's supposed to cure a lot of their, you know, woes. They already had a lot of weapons. You don't know what you're going to get out of Grunk. This is a guy that's been out of football for an entire year. If you look at him, he's thinner than he's ever been. Mm-hmm. A scary thin. He hasn't had the time to put the meat on his bones that makes Grunk who he is. And then, and here's what I think the number one factor is. We're talking about Tom Brady. This is a guy that's thrived his entire career off of adversity. This is a guy that loves going into packed Foxborough stadiums where the crowd is roaring. Guess what he's not going to have this year? That stadiums. It's going to be a completely quiet stadium because I don't care what anybody says. There are not going to be NFL crowds this year. Well, uh, I think quarterbacks are going to enjoy that. If anything, I think not Brady. Well, see, here's the thing: Brady's there's Brady's, no home field advantage anymore. Exactly. Right? When when we have Brady the, is thrive at the home and home field. When he doesn't have home field in the playoffs, he's very average. When we have the uh, the the last dance version of Tom Brady, what they're going to have next year. Yeah. Uh, on ESPN, the, the ESPN 30 for 30 documentary series, we're going to realize what kind of a nut 
fucking maniac this guy is. And I think you're going to see the crowd's not going to matter. People like you, Drew, doubting him is what's fueling this guy's flame. I I'm not he, doubting I think, him. I think he looks really good. And we're talking about the Bucks aren't going to need a lot from Gronk. They're going to need to solve kind of the red zone issue that they've had in recent years, which he is a specialist. I mean, Rob Gronkowski is easily a top 10 tight end all time in the NFL. Uh, he's got a year top off. Five. The, uh, I mean, I, we could go really down as far as if you want to go back yeah. to some really, really great ones. You know, the Mike Dick is uh, of, of uh, yesteryear. But, uh, I mean, I think it's a unanimous top 10, probably top five. But you look at what the Bucks have going on if they are. It, my dad used to always say this. If they stay healthy, you know, you'd always say, if that's they stay healthy. Question, but that, but right? that's the beauty of our tight end position, too. We've got Cameron Brayton, O.J. Howard. Yeah, yeah. Gronk is not going to be expected to throw the tight end team they, on they, his no, back. You guys, you, guys are, you guys are misunderstanding me because you haven't let me complete a single point. <laughs> so I'm, I'm telling you. Just being a homer I, over I, here, I'm Drew, telling, No, no. And I, dude, trust me. I'm excited about the Bucks. I think they're going to be really good. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking we 10. We primetime games, baby. 10 to 11 game winning but i think to say you know that, that definitively or you know guaranteed 12 wins i this feels a lot like the browns to me man dream team or with the, oh, eagles. the eagles you know what i'm saying well, well these guys have just, been together though besides the difference is the yeah, difference we is we've never Tom seen brady. brady in another uniform we do not know there's so many variables that we don't know so i i need to see what the product is before i'm all in yeah but and i'm certainly i just not want this to be brady instead of belichick and Kraft. like i'm i want tom brady just to be fucking so you want you want brady to win the B, the bb war well, yes. Yeah. Who, Hands. I, I hate New England. I hate Robert Kraft. I right. hate Bill Belichick. I want Tom Brady to be like, this guy wasn't system. And, and who's this guy's the offense? real fucking deal. Who's better offense to come into than Bruce Arians, man? Are you kidding me? It Between was already Big top Ben, Carson Palmer, number three Andrew offense Luck, in the NFL. Peyton Manning. Dude, this With is James. perfect fit. Perfect fit. I, I think a lot of us, if, if you're looking at the Tom Brady sweepstakes, there was a lot of us around here that were like, Man, the Bucks make a lot of sense, but you know, it was just it felt like he's just going back to New England. But then when it came out that he wasn't coming back, we felt we kind of all whispered like, "Ah, we feel really good about it." Then you hear this week, uh, Tom did an interview with Peter King, and Tom talked about, you know, he wanted a seat at the table. He they weren't uh, accepting his input. Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, he was just saying, "No, no, no, you go play." He wasn't able to be part of the game plan where BA. And Clyde Christensen and Byron Leftwich are getting him to the table. I think that's going to be invaluable, and it could it could work out. It could could be a big fail. But Tom feels very motivated. This is the first time he said this is another thing he said to Peter King. It's the first time in my entire football life I'm playing for an offensive minded head coach. I played my high school, college, pro. I've always had a defensive guy, so I think the Bucks can really light it up. I'm not going to be one of these people that says he's going to throw 50 touchdowns or anything like that because I don't think he's going to have to. I think that defense is going to keep a lot of games really close for them. Uh, I just think there there is a lot of uh, genuine excitement about this team, and I and I think they are a real Super Bowl competitor. The I, deep I think ball, they, I think they really the are. The deep ball, what he's been begging for since he le- Randy Moss left. Yeah, <laughs> like that's all. He's we been haven't made one for. mention of Chris Godwin. You know, like just not yet. Uh, well, yeah, unbelievable. Not yet. not yet. We haven't yeah. talked about Mike yeah. Evans, Chris Godwin. We've been talking about the tight end game. Shady McCoy getting signed, coming out of the back. Garbage. Do you not, do you not think Brady's Brady's inability to throw the deep ball probably doesn't have a lot to do with Moss? Inabil- I think it has a lot to do inability? with Brady. 
Yeah. You think inability to throw I, the deep ball? I don't ball? think they've had a, a receiver that really was capable of stretching the field. Josh outside Gordon? Of, outside of Outside of Moss. Outside of Moss. Uh, Josh Gordon had some pretty productive seasons there. Well, they had had Antonio Brown last year, and and they fucking wrecked everybody for two weeks. And then that was (laughs) it. And then then they went away. Was it one week? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He did look good. But, I mean, Tom Brady's never been a deep downfield thrower. Ever. And that's that's what he was was upset about. That was the offense with McDaniels and what they had built in there and what also Bill Belichick wanted to run is, (laughs) hey, control the clock, eat it up, let my defense play ball, and we're going to win ball games. Are you guys ready for September 3rd? Let's just see Saints Bucks already. I, mean, I, I can't to, wait. I we're, we're inside a month away. This should be record-setting TV. I mean, every TV, every household in America is going to have it, that It on. will be. Any we'll, Brady we'll, game. It's we'll, gonna, we'll, let's just, move just off Bucks of just Bucks here for, for, for a few minutes. We'll, we'll talk about the rest of the division. So, all right. So, let's just talk about... We, we established kind of what we think about the Packers and the Saints, or the Panthers and the Saints. Um, what about the Falcons? I think that I think they're still a mess. I think this is this is kind of the end of the, end of the they, line. They started playing Quinn. really well at the end of last season. Uh, Very uh, forgettable team. No one's going to give okay. a shit. Well, about what them. about Todd Gurley? What's his impact? I think he takes the pressure off of Matt Ryan for sure. But you know who doesn't believe in the Falcons this year? Vegas. Fair. What, what does okay. Vegas have, Matt? So when, whenever you have a, whenever I'm on the fence about something, or I don't really know, you know, because yeah. It seems like they could become that team again, but yeah, dude, they they have not addressed the running back. Gurley, like, gosh, he is. I think he's done. I really do. He he might be. I um, mean, for them to move on from him, I I, I think he's so, done. So where do you think that Gurley goes in fantasy? And and you know where are you taking him? I mean, he's he's a low end RB two. He's a low end RB two. Where are you drafting? So him? probably fifth round. Okay. Yeah. What about you? I'd still gamble. What about you, Brandon? Fifth? I mean, he's on my team. He's he's on my keeper. Oh, he's a keeper um, I, for so you. So I can't reveal what I'm doing oh, right here yet. Uh-huh. So. All right. Atlanta's schedule's pretty tough. If you, if you look at it, sure. I mean, it just it's there's no easy wins for them anywhere on this schedule. Because I, I think Carolina is going to be tougher than people realize. I think they're going to take care of the football. They're going to grind it out with McCaffrey. They still... They still have a, a, a system. It's going to be about... Their offense they, will be decent, but I yeah. think their defense struggles. Dan, right? Dan Quinn reminds me of Bill O'Brien <laughs> with the Texans. Well, on his, on right. his way out. Choking he reminds me of... Je, uh, what's his name from the Titans? Uh, why can't I think of his Rabel? name? No, no. The coach from the Titans uh, for years. Fisher? Seven and nine. Yeah, Jeff he reminds Fisher? me of Fisher. Like, Fisher. Why does he keep getting a pass year in and year out? Yeah. Like, so, yeah. so they went to the Super Bowl one year. That That's kind of what, he, what he's staking it on Choke. right now. That's what he's staking it on. With Kyle Shanahan, maybe he doesn't deserve the credit, but he gets it. Credit to, to Atlanta for, for sticking it out. I mean, I, I think that good things can happen when you don't make this rapid change. I mean, we saw what's happened with the Bucks of just changing coaches every year. I mean, eventually you got to kind of work through out. There's going to be up here. There's going to be down here. But I think uh, Matt Ryan's on the downside of his career. I mean, you've seen the lack of mobility. Uh, Julio Jones has been a one-man show there for Julio a long Jones time. Julio Jones is still a stud. Uh, yeah, he, he, is. he absolutely is, but uh, – you know, you've got question marks about the defense and about Todd Gurley, and then the fact they got to play the Bucks and Saints a bunch. Dude, speaking, speaking of the Bucks in fantasy, here's the thing about the Bucks that ter- should terrify you on a fantasy level is mouths the feed. Discount Absolutely. every single player in that offense. Whatever you think they're capable of, Godwin, Evans, do not draft them where you think where they were last year. Do not do it. Do not mm-hmm. draft Evans or Godwin in the first round, or you are, you are a fool. I mean, this is a this is a loaded wide receiver division for fantasy, right? You got Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, Evans, Godwin. Even Carolina's got some some guys that are interesting: Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, whatever. Like those are interesting. 
<laughs> I, mean, I feel bad at, for Teddy Bridgewater. At, at the discount. No, no, no. At the discount, I think those guys are super interesting. If you're not interested in those guys, then you might be missing out, and I'll take that cash from you all day. What about Calvin, Calvin Ridley? I like Ridley a lot this year. Yeah, I think Ridley's definitely spot on. The route running by him, his in, in and out of his cuts, he's freaking incredible, man. For you sure. take that away from him. You got Julio Jones out there. And not only that, you got Hayden Hurst on that offense that they took from the Ravens who underutilized because of Lamar Jackson. Those tight ends, those three tight end sets were in there to block and maybe do a little tight end release. But Hayden Hurst was a first-round draft pick. That guy was a beast, dude. Yeah, he, he's also old. He was a 26-year-old first-round draft That's pick. That's fine. But, dude, what did Austin Hooper do? Sure. Matt Ryan. Well, I, I think there's somebody, an opportunity there. And this is somebody who I believe to be faster, bigger, stronger, better blocker all around than Austin Hooper. And he's So do you guys offense. know who the offense coordinator of the Atlanta Falcons is? Dirk Cutter. Cutter. Yep. And uh, Dirk Cutter, what did he likes to throw the ball to the tight ends? If you saw what they did with Austin Hooper last year, Hayden Hurst has got to be somebody that you that you have interest in. As a Bucks fan, I'm thrilled uh, that they still have Dirk Cutter because yeah, uh, he's fucking like, terrible. So, you, so to Drew's so point awful. of talking about avoiding Bucks players on offense, I do want to avoid their tight ends. Who the hell is going to get it? Last year, Cameron Brate scored more touchdowns than OJ Howard. Yeah. OJ Howard but, had a terrible season. Oh, so awesome. he, but now here's a take they, on, on uh, division wide receivers. I think looking at this on paper, I think this is the best uh, wide receiver division in all of football. For I sure. don't think it's close. Yeah. Not even close. Yeah. Not even close. It's yeah, not. Uh, you, you but I also have, think you put Tampa Bay in any division; it will make that division I mean, the, the best one. You're going to have Michael Thomas is the number one wide receiver in that. In you're you're going to have Julio. You're going to have possibly <laughs> five wide receivers from that division taken in the first three rounds of every fantasy draft. Yeah, that's yeah. big. But but I agree with Drew. I mean, I, I don't think that there's enough football to go around for a fan. I think you, uh, the the best. Fantasy value pick is probably going to be Gronkowski, who's going to be a red zone specialist, who's going to be in those blocking situations. He's going to have those little disguise, those tight end leaks, yeah, are, and doing stuff is, like that. Is OJ Howard even draftable realistically in I, fantasy? I, I, no, he is not. He's a low end tight end too. That's for sure. If yeah. you want him, if you want him on the sidelines of your major league baseball playoff yeah, game, maybe a late, nice maybe a late round there. flyer, but you're not, not drafting an him anywhere near. And I'm, I mean, Cameron Brait obviously gets even less run, although he may be a better fantasy player. I'm taking Godwin first in that whole entire offense. Godwin, sure. too, yes. reminds me of the, He's gonna the work wide receivers lot. that Brady loves to hit. Don't get me wrong. I think Mike Evans is going to have some monster plays this year. Those ones where uh, Jameis is overthrowing him by 10 yards or underthrowing him by 10 yards, I believe Brady is going to hit him on that. As, as a bit of a Jameis apologist, I can't wait to see Tom Brady light up people like Mike Evans for blowing routes and doing some of the dumb stuff they've been doing for the <laughs> last five years because that happened it. a lot. Yeah, yeah. Mike uh, Evans ran I was in Nashville at the Tennessee not. game. Unbelievable. Yeah. You're, you're talking to multiple Jameis apologists. Yeah. I'm literally wearing a Jameis Winston jersey yeah. right now. Yeah. And I would uh, never well, wear and, Bucks jersey. Drew hates on Mike Evans yeah. like a motherfucker. I do. So, I think so, he's so, extremely so, overrated. Speaking of Jameis. I think he's a great player, great talent, but yeah. he needs to put it all together. So, speaking of sure. Jameis, how many touchdowns and how many interceptions does he throw this year? You can zero decide. You, zero. Can, you can decide his playing time. Who? Jameis, how many touchdowns and interceptions does he throw this I think year? he gets mixed in and gets one special package. He throws maybe one or two touchdowns. I think he plays at least two games. Okay. How many touchdowns and interceptions? One, I don't care. One how many. touchdown, two picks. <laughs> What, I, what think it's a, I think it's a silly question. I'm what? sorry. So what's wrong with that? <laughs> Jameis sucks. I said this back in I September. Got, I, I said I, back in September he was not an NFL starting quarterback. I, I got seven, and, seven and two, seven touchdowns, two interceptions out of Jameis this year. I think if he gets a start, he's gonna. I think this has been a humbling experience for him, and the guy really he lit it up. Uh, uh, for all his faults, the guy still threw 5,000 yards, 33 fucking yeah. scores. I mean, the, the, the number one passing attack in the league, and granted because Mahomes was out for a couple games. That's kind of why they became de facto number one. But 
I mean, the talent's there. This guy just needs to put it all together. And he's only just turned 26 years old. Exactly. He's still so young. Still so young. And if Tom Brady's not available, he's the starting quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I hope people understand this. He's still with the Bucs. We talked about it on this podcast. It's like, if... Brady is not the option. We have to bring and Brady. Brady back. got brought in for non-football reasons too. I mean, uh, there's. Uh, I'm telling you, with a hundred percent capacity crowd, I'm with you guys much more on Brady. I'm telling you, you are going to see in a quiet crowd. Brady, Brady thrives in that shit, dude. He loves going into crowded Foxborough stadiums. Like he thrives on big moments, big games, big crowds, big energy. I'm telling you, when that's when that's not there, and he's in a completely foreign environment. We just have never seen it. I, I, I got to see the product. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's one of the biggest mysteries I, of the NFL this I, year. I know it's comparing apples to oranges, but just the different sports that I've been watching, whether it be soccer, MMA, anything else, all the athletes have loved not having the fans in there. Talking about the communication with their coaches or with their teammates or what they're going to be doing, it makes it seamless. If anything, to me, that's going to take a hit, it's going to be the defenses with not having the home field, not being able to get the crowd sure. going up to where you can't get the wide receiver at the far end, the X or the Y, the uh, the audible or the hot route. That's where I think you're going to see big things. But I think the offense, guys like Drew Brees, guys like Tom Brady, anybody behind center is going to freaking love this, I think, because communication is crystal freaking clear. And, and as it relates to other uh, sports, I've been really impressed with the intensity in the NBA playoffs, even in, in the warm-up games, the restart games. I've been really impressed with the intensity in the NHL playoffs so far. And then you, you look yeah. at, you look at ba- NHL baseball, NHL playoffs, too. sign me up. It, it, it doesn't not. seem any different for baseball, but I'm only watching Rays games. There's not a lot of fans. How anyway, bad so. do you want to be in that NBA virtual audience? Oh, that looks great, right? <laughs> I, I fucking want to be. I want to be next to Lil Wayne, giving him a high five. A lot more than being a fucking cardboard cutout of Tropicana Field. <laughs> Talking, talking about bubbles real quick, what about that, uh, was it in Seattle, the corner who got cut for sneaking a, a female oh, yeah. into the bubble? Yes. Did you guys see this? Yes, yes. yeah, we did. Man gotta <laughs> oh, live. What, man, what, man gotta live. What a dumbass. What a dumbass. Well, just like Marcus said last week, I think it's time, you know, they, they're installing brothels in hotels, or, uh, damn it, I fucked it up. They're, <laughs> they're installing barbershops. It's time to install brothels. Yeah. All right. How about them bolts advancing, though, real quick? Fuck yeah, man. Oh, fantastic. So good. Unbelievable. Came back down two goals late in the third, tied up, and then right away. Monkey off the back. Oh, yeah. Empty net game tire, right? Yeah, yeah. Em- empty, empty net, net yeah. inside of two minutes. Empty net tied it up. Yep. Dude, I mean, it, that's a, it's against the team that did it to you. Yep. I, yep. Sweet, sweet revenge. Bring and, on Boston. Let's see it. And yep. against the coach that brought you his, your only championship. Yep. So it's like, shit. Torts was the man, and uh, I, I, we definitely miss him, but it was nice to vanquish them back to Ohio. Yo. No doubt. We bursted their bubble. <laughs> so Any closing thoughts? So if you like the pod, if you if you enjoy what we're doing here, give us a follow, give us a like, share it with your buddy. Get, pick one buddy and be like, you need to listen to this pod, man. Anyone else? Yeah, hey, just getting ready for the football season. NFC South, you know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tampa Bay Gronkineers. We're ready to come in and do this thing. 12 and 4, you heard it here first. We're coming <laughs> in hot. Fire the cannons. Yeah. Fire thanks thanks a lot for having me, guys. Fire them cannons. <laughs> if, if you can make it down to downtown St. Pete, the Galley of St. Pete Tavern, your ultimate Tampa Bay pub, uh, and then also Mary Margaret's, the quintessential Irish pub, both right here in downtown St. Pete. And, and uh, the ship's hold. Don't yeah, forget and, the, and the hold. That's our, little, that's our little private party rum bar. Uh, we've got that open for extra dining now, too. Uh, looking forward to an amazing season here at Tampa Bay Sports. We should have competitive Rays, 
lightning and bucks games uh, into the fall. Car bombs after the pod. Oh, baby. Fire them cannons. Brando, you got anything? anything? Nope. Okay. Thanks for joining us, Pete. Thank you, Pete, for joining us. guys. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Sports Memory Podcast. Good night. Go Bucks. Go Bucks.